You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 8.30 or 10.45. Find out more at asburybosier.org. It's at this time that we invite our children to join Miss Julie in the back of the sanctuary for a special time together as we enter into proclamation of the word. Our scripture lesson today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the 25th chapter, verses 1 through 13. Uh, it'll be on the screens, it'll be online, and it's also in your Bible. Uh, and if you were hanging out on Facebook yesterday, uh, maybe you got the message that you need to bring your Bible today. We're doing a deep dive, uh, and I'm not apologizing for it. <laughs> we're going to read some scripture today. Let us hear the word of the Lord. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five of them were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, no, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came, also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you neither know the day nor the hour. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So before I say another word, I'd like to know something about you. I think it's important to know who Asbury is, and I want you to stand up for what you believe in without fear or judgment. By show of hands, how many of you are already listening to Christmas music? Breathe easy. Come on. Yeah, okay. There are a couple. There are a couple who are awesome. Um, I am too. I am too. Guilty as charged, though it is a bit of a job hazard. Uh, you know, as we prepare for Advent, I've been listening uh, to some Christmas music. And that's okay if you want to listen to Christmas music already. That's fine. Though I do, have, I do have a deep appreciation for this time of year, especially this time in the Christian liturgical calendar. This is the time of year in which we ponder the end the end of God's divine story. Last week, we celebrated and gave thanks for all of the saints in heaven, and we pondered what heaven is like. Today, we, we enter into what this consummation of the kingdom of heaven is like, this kingdom of God. What is Jesus pointing us to? What is our responsibility in the here and now to see this kingdom come into fruition? Next week is Laity Sunday, and we'll be talking about what is our role right now, right here that God is calling us to become and to do. And then at the end of the Christian year, November 29th, it, or the Sunday before that, 22nd, uh, is Christ the King Sunday. It's the Sunday in which we celebrate that all things are under the supremacy of Christ. 
and we give thanks. So this, this is the time of the year where, where God is wrapping up the story and we are pondering what the end of that story might be. And then we gather on Sunday, November 29th, the first Sunday of the Christian year, the first Sunday of the season of Advent, where we have the great blessing and joy to tell the story all over again. Today, we talk about the consummation of the kingdom of God. What is Jesus pointing us toward in the here and now? What is God up to anyway? What is our responsibility in participating in this great divine work? In Matthew chapter 24, just before our reading today, the disciples ask Jesus, when will the end be? And interestingly enough, Jesus said, I don't know. Only the Father knows, Jesus says. Fascinating to me that even there are some things veiled from Jesus. So if anyone out there tells you that they know everything about everything, I'm not saying that they're wrong. I'm not saying that they're liars. I'm just saying they seem to know more than Jesus himself. When will the end be, Jesus? Only the Father knows. But he goes on to tell them this. And if you have your Bible, I invite you to turn to it. It's Matthew chapter 24, beginning at verse 45. It's the ending of chapter 24, just before we turn to our scripture reading today. This is what Jesus says. Who then is the faithful and wise slave whom the master has put in charge of his household to give the other slaves their allowance of food at the proper time. Blessed is that slave whom the master will find at work when he arrives. Truly, I tell you, he will put that one in charge of all of his possessions, but, you should always circle the buts in scripture, but if that wicked slave says to himself, my master is delayed, and he begins to beat his fellow slaves and eats and drinks with drunkards, the master of that slave will come on a day when he does not expect and an hour that he does not know, he will cut him, who cut him into pieces and put him with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yikes. We're not yet to our scripture reading today, so bear with me for a moment. But it is important to hear this prologue of sorts before Jesus goes into revealing what this kingdom of God is all about. First question we need to wrestle with is, what does it mean to be wise. In Matthew, in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, sometimes wise, being wise is a good thing. Like, you know, the parable, the wise man built his house on rock and the foolish man built his house on the sand. And when the storms came, the man, the foolish man who built his house on the sand, his property was washed away. But wise is not always good in the Gospel of Matthew. Later in the gospel, Jesus thanks God for hiding the truth of the gospel from the wise and revealing it to those who are like infants. Jesus, in Matthew at least, has a very curious way of talking about the wise. Here we have a slave considered to be wise because he has been entrusted with his master's property, but ends up being wicked or, or foolish because he did not expect his master to be delayed. And therefore, he treats his slaves poorly. Wisdom is not rooted in what we know. Rather, it is rooted in what we do. 
To put it another way, it takes great knowledge. It takes uh, uh, knowledge to know that a tomato is actually a fruit. But it takes great wisdom to know not to put it in a fruit salad, right? Wisdom is not rooted in what we know. It's rooted in our actions specifically toward our neighbor. Secondly, this seemingly wise, at least initially, servant does not expect his master to be delayed. We serve a Lord who tarries. We serve a Lord who is going to Jairus' home to heal Jairus' daughter, but stops and heals a woman who's been bleeding for 12 years. We serve a Lord who hears that his friend Lazarus is sick, and what does Jesus do? But he waits for two full days until traveling to Bethany. We serve a Lord who stops to feed 5,000 hungry people. We serve a Lord who says, Zacchaeus, I know I have a lot to do, and I know that you're a tax collector. I know that you're not welcome in these parts, but I'm eating with you today. The Lord is coming to your house today. We serve a Lord that is delayed, that tarries, that lingers, that doesn't work on our schedule. And this is tough. This is tough for us. Because as a culture and as a community, as a people, we want everything now. We want everything delivered instant. It's like I was in Walmart not long ago, and I saw uh, a kind of macaroni and cheese that was being billed as quicker than instant. It takes like a minute and a half in the microwave to make like the single serve. This was being billed as quicker than instant. You didn't need a microwave. Here it is. Now, there is a sermon in there. Not everybody has a microwave. Not everybody has a means of cooking food. So for many, it is helpful. My point is, quicker than instant? Is your life so busy that you can't put Easy Mac in the oven for a minute and a half? If it is, Lord, I have, I have, I have stuff that you can do here on campus at, at the church. Quicker than instant. It's, I used to work at Starbucks. It was a lot of fun. Um, but there are some things that just don't happen fast enough for some people. You know who they are. Now, I loved it early in the morning, and it depended on what time people came in that really revealed who they were. You had the early, early, early morning crowd. I loved opening the store because you had the early crowd, and it was just old men in newspapers, and they wanted black coffee. And it was great. You just give them a cup of black coffee. You could take 15 minutes giving them that black cup of coffee. They're not going anywhere, man. They're going through the... And they thank you for the coffee, and it's lovely. And then you get into the, like, 7.15 to 8.45 crowd. And they come in, and they order a half-calf, no-foam, uh, uh, caramel macchiato with cinnamon and nutmeg and pixie dust on the top of it. And then as you're making this drink, I was a barista, I was behind the bar, you know, and I was, I was doing the thing and I was, and they were just, they would get, you know, the, you know, the thing. They get closer to you as if that's going to make the coffee happen faster. So I'm doing this half-calf, no-foam, extra hot caramel macchiato with cinnamon and nutmeg and pixie dust. And, and they're looking at me as, and, and for some people, 
gravity can't pull water through coffee grounds fast enough for them. You know, and they get, they get real close up to you, and they ask you, what's the problem? And you say, physics. The laws of the universe. I cannot bend the laws of the universe in order to make this happen any faster. I'm not going to move from the... Well, I can't promise that, Ron. Uh, but just, you, you know how to mute, to get, do the thing. We want things now. We live in an instant society. And, and we think then, there, therefore, however... You know, Casey knows... It's, it's like working here Monday through Thursday is kind of like a jungle because Casey, uh, our admin assistant, knows the kind of exasperation in my voice. She knows what's happening. So if she hears from office a kind of, <sighs> she knows the Wi-Fi is slow, right? It's taking 12 seconds to download this PDF and I have stuff to do with my life, right? I, there, there's a, like a call and a response to that. We live in an instant society. We want things now. Consequently, if they don't happen now, we think something is wrong. There's a, a new apple, not a product, a literal piece of fruit uh, that, is, that is in the supermarket right now. It's called Rocket. Rocket Apple. Have you seen them? They're little tiny. They're mini. They have little dots on them. Look like stars. I was listening to NPR, an NPR story on this particular kind of apple because I'm a nerd. And it says that, they said in the story, that it takes something like 15 years to bring a new apple to market. And the apple is delicious, baby. <laughs> I encourage you to go find it. 15, can you imagine being an investor in an Apple company saying your return will happen in, I don't know, maybe 15 years? We want it now. And if it's not now, something must be wrong. As Christians, we should not be surprised with the delay. We worship a Lord that tarries. So keep awake. Keep awake. Jesus switches gears here uh, as we turn into chapter 25. And he says, look, the kingdom of heaven will be like this. And then he tells three parables to explain what this kingdom will be like. I know I was praising the lectionary and, and, and the calendar. This is what I don't like about the lectionary is that the lectionary text ends at the end of the parable of the ten bridesmaids. These parables, these kingdom parables in Matthew chapter 25 is like a three-act story. You can't stop at the end of the ten bridesmaids because you miss act two, which is the parable of the talents, and you miss act three, which is the parable of the great shepherd. It's like watching Star Wars and finishing Empire Strikes Back and saying, that's a great movie. That's a great series. Darth Vader wins. Amazing. This kingdom of heaven will be like this. If you've ever been in a Bible study with me, you know that I'm a big fan of keep reading, keep go, keep awake, keep, it's like Romans, right? It, Romans chapter one, it says God gave them up. But then you get to Romans chapter eight, which was our affirmation today. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. How did Paul get there? You have to keep reading. If you stop at Romans 1, if that's the end of your reading of Christianity, your God is going to look very different than the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it will be terrible. Keep reading. Keep awake. 
So Jesus explains the kingdom of heaven in three parables, three-act story, if you will, the bridesmaids, the talents, and the great shepherd. In the first act, we have the story of ten bridesmaids, which is our reading today, five are wise. We've talked about that strange, peculiar word in the Gospel of Matthew. Five are wise and five are foolish. They come to celebrate with the bridegroom, but he is delayed, and they all fall asleep. All of them, wise, foolish, they all fall asleep. They've been listening to a sermon for too long, and they all fell asleep. Everybody's falling asleep in the New Testament. The bridesmaids are falling asleep. The disciples are falling asleep. Jonah fell asleep. Jesus took a nap in the boat. They all fell asleep. Eventually, the bridegroom arrives, or he's soon to arrive. And the five foolish bridesmaids discover that they do not have enough oil. And the wise don't share any with them. They say, go out. You ran out of oil. Go to the market and get yours. So they go out to buy more and they miss, they miss the party. And when they knock on the door, knock on the door, they knocked on the door, didn't open. I don't know you. And the party continued. If we stop the lesson there, it's a parable about making sure that you have enough, making sure that you are prepared. And it's a fine lesson, I suppose, but there's something missing here in this story. It's a curious wedding where there is a bridegroom and no bride mentioned. It's a curious wedding that the attendants are expected to provide their own oil and not the host of the party. Do you remember the wedding in Cana? Jesus is there and they ran out of wine. The host ran out of wine and it is an embarrassment for the host not to have enough for the party. So what do they do? Jesus, we need your help. What did Jesus say first? It is not yet my time. Our Lord is one who tarries. But then Jesus transformed the water into wine. Though our Lord tarries, our Lord also provides. What a curious wedding this is, where oil was not provided and there is no bride to be found. Keep awake. And what you have has been provided to you, or what you have is on loan from God. Which leads us into that second parable, interestingly enough, the parable of the talents. Here, Jesus is beginning to make a transition as all great act twos do if there's a third act. A master entrusts slaves with wealth. To one, he's given five, and he eventually makes ten talents. One is given two, he eventually makes four. And then there's one who says he's been given to what is according to him, and he takes this one and he buries it in the ground because he says, I know that the master is harsh, and I am afraid. Therefore, I will bury this talent, and I will give it right back to him. What a curious way. And then then the master comes back, right? The master comes back and rewards the first two. And then the third one, the third one, he says, what a dummy. You thought that I was harsh? Well, let me prove it to you. And he took away the one talent that he gave and kicked him out. What a curious parable for Jesus to tell. Especially when we've heard In the Gospels, in Matthew, knock and the door shall be opened to you. 
We have a parable of the vineyard where Jesus, or the master in that, in that parable, hires people early in the day, later in the day, later in the day, and then pays them all the same, and it really chaps the biscuits of the folks who were there all day. What a curious parable. Over and over again, we hear in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus saying, you've heard it said, but I say unto you. You've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I say to you, turn the other cheek. You've heard it said, do not murder, but I say to you, do not hold anger in your heart. You've heard it said, love your neighbor, but I say to you, love your enemy. Curiosities of a wedding with no bride and a closed door. And a foolish slave being proved correct. I knew that you were a harsh man, so I buried my talent. Well, then let me show you how harsh I'll be. The foolish one is proven right. His assumption was correct. What a peculiar way to explain the kingdom of God. Which may be why Act 3 of this chapter 25 says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory. We've heard about a bridegroom who doesn't provide oil for the attendants and a master who gets angry when the slave assumes him to be angry. We now hear about when the Son of Man comes in glory. It feels very much like you have heard it said, but I say to you. You've heard these parables before, disciples, but when the Son of Man comes in glory, he will separate the nations like a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. To the sheep, he said, when I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I ran out of oil, you shared some. When you saw that I was in despair and fearful because of my own thoughts about the master, you comforted me. And then he turns to the goats and said, goats, you didn't do any of this. And what do the goats say? They don't say, I'm sorry. They blame the Son of Man. They say, well, if we knew it was you, then we, knew, we would have done it. If we knew the cameras were rolling, we would have been kind to you. The great shepherd says, you've done none of this. You kept all of your stuff to yourself. Lord, if we knew you were coming, we would have shared our oil with you. If I knew it was you who were going to kick out the slave who only had one talent, we would have intervened. We would have done something. And he says to them, what you have not done to the least of these, you have not done to me. I would welcome you into the kingdom, but you wouldn't recognize it when you entered. Keep awake. We serve a Lord who tarries. Let us not be surprised with waiting. It is what Advent is about. It is what Lent is about. We serve a Lord who dawdles and tarries and takes his time, and you can't put it on a human calendar. He tarries for the hungry. He tarries for the sick. And if we aren't careful, if we spend our time waiting poorly, keeping our stuff, ourselves, our own wealth, our own power, we might not recognize him when he arrives. Keep awake. 
keep busy building this kingdom of heaven, this counter kingdom of heaven, where Jesus says, you've heard it said, you've heard these parables, you've heard these stories, but I say unto you, you're all sitting in sheep pews currently, and that is on purpose. So, play Christmas music if you want to. That's fine. Though there's great Thanksgiving music, you heard it in the lobby as you were coming in. If you skip too soon, if you can't wait, you might miss something, you might miss something beautiful. Be, be kind to your Starbucks barista. They cannot bend the law of physics for you. You know what? Be kind to everyone. Kindness, generosity, grace, a place at the table at the end of it all is worth the wait. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and most loving God, you are indeed surprising. We do not know the hour, we do not know the day, so help us to wait and keep awake and prepare building this kingdom until you arrive, until one day we hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Come, enter your master's home with joy. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.